we have a special gift for you. Whether you're still emotionally entangled with your ex or not, imagining and creating your life after divorce can feel surreal for some, terrifying for others. Fears and limiting beliefs around financial security, building new friendships, health and fitness, and even finding healthy love can interfere with your ability to create the life you desire. Journey Beyond Divorce coaches can help you get clear on what you want and the obstacles that are keeping you stuck and guide you in manifesting your ideal life. We're here to help you enter this new chapter with more confidence and enthusiasm with a free jumpstart call. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash jumpstart to book your call today. You're listening to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast with Karen McMahon. We invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and enable you to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. Marriage vows were super important to me. That was something I made a commitment to for my life. I made it a commitment to um, him, to myself, to my my children. Um, they weren't born yet, but obviously to when they came and being part of that family. So um, I think that's what took me so long to get to that decision was I felt like I was giving up on something that was really, really a big value and a big part of me. Um, but it was also destroying me to stay there. So um, that was that road that was really hard to navigate for a little while. Welcome to another episode of Voices of Celebration. With me today is a former client of mine, Fiona. Welcome, Fiona. Thank you, and I'm very happy to be here today. So, Fiona, one of the uh, things I like to do in the beginning is just give our listeners some context. Um, You and I uh, met a couple of years ago, If I remember correctly, you are just about to finalize your divorce settlement. Is that correct? That is correct. Hopefully. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So can you share just a little bit of context with our listeners in terms of what led you down the path of divorce? Uh, Yeah. So it was probably building for probably close to a decade. Um, Kept trying and doing what I could. There was a lot of financial stuff going on that was not really the cause of it, but the deceit and the um, the hidden things that went on along with that were the reasons that were that broken trust were the reasons that I finally decided to say this, this can't go on. And I had become um, super angry, super rageful. I became someone I didn't recognize and I didn't like that in myself. So um, I had one day that I just kicked him out and I had a very good friend that for like three days calmed me down and said, don't call him, don't call him, don't call him. Um, You were part of that phone call as well that helped me to stay in that place where it was, I've just thrown away 30 something years of my life. What do I do? Um, And having some resolve with, with, with people giving me support through that to know that I had made the right decision, even though I still was doubtful of myself, whether it was the right decision at that moment. Um, I see three years later now that I was on the right path. It was just a really scary, big, unknown path um, at the time. You know, and you just said that so beautifully. I think that 
there's not any of us who made the decision to leave uh, that did it lightly. It's just such a big decision, such a, with, with so many ramifications. And mm -hmm. for you, you were married for over 30 years. Is that what you, I heard you say? So we were together for seven years before we got married. So it was, um, I think four or five days after our 24th wedding anniversary was the day that yeah. I just yeah. had one, that one more, that look that, that just like, I'm like, nope, can't do this anymore. It was that final straw. And again, it was, like you said, um, marriage vows were super important to me. That was something I made a commitment to for my life. I made it a commitment to um, him, to myself, to my, my children. Um, they weren't born yet, but obviously to when they came and being part of that family. So um, I think that's what took me so long to get to that decision was I felt like I was giving up on something that was really, really a big value and a big part of me. Um, but it was also destroying me to stay there. So um, that was that road that was really hard to navigate for a little while. And the other thing I heard in your statement is not only what you're giving up, but the unknown of what's around the corner, that uncertainty that can paralyze all of us. Exactly. And it's, it's better, but it's, I've had a few panic attacks this week because I'm starting to do the sale of my home process. I don't know where I'm going. And there's a lot of that uncertainty. Um, through this process, I've learned a lot about reframing and panic can take me down this place that I get paralyzed or I can see some other positives in it. And it's still work at times to say, I just want to be pissed off right now. I want to be in this moment, but it doesn't, doesn't help me go anywhere. So I've, I've learned a lot in that process as well. Yeah. And so what would you say, um, what would you say are some of the key um, areas where you've learned more about yourself or grown through the process? Um, yeah, um, probably one of my biggest things was always being um, very much a perfectionist and thinking everything needed to be a way that I expected it to be and possibly expected others to feel it that way as well. And um, coming to that realization that I don't control anything but myself. Um, and that's a hard thing to let go of, especially as a stay at home mom for 20 something years. And I was the brain, the center the heart, the whole piece of the family that was how it functioned. Um, so as my girls got older and as things deteriorated in communication between the ex and I, it was, it was hard to, to see that piece go. And um, that's really where I feel like my growth has come is, that's just how that is. And I can't control that. I can work forward and, and grow myself and be more calm and at peace when I have an expectation that doesn't go as expected. I can again, reframe and figure out a, a new way to look at things. So um, that's probably been um, one of the things that I take as a positive out of the divorce process that I've, I've seen that piece of me and been able to get a lot more inward as, as far as, you know, when it fell apart, I'm like this. No, I had no part of this. Um, and you know, there are parts that are part of me that I'm I'm able to see now and and grow and develop. And um, the bigger part was my anger. I think the last couple of years there was a lot of me yelling and being very very angry um, because of that part. Um, and I've apologized to my children for that. And I think my biggest part of my apology towards um, my daughters is. I've changed that behavior. And to me, that's the most significant way to show that you are um, feeling uh, 
remorseful for some of your behaviors is to go forward and change that. And I, I, I see that as a big benefit to me as well. Yeah. You know, I relate to that so much. It was really mm-hmm. turning into a rageaholic myself mm-hmm. that I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, I do not like myself at all. And, you know, I think that this is the the power of, you know, as you know, with Journey Beyond Divorce, we support people both through the practical and the emotional. And this Mm -hmm. piece that you're talking about, the perfectionist, the desire to control that which is outside of our control, (laughs) when people are highly reactive, it's because they're grabbing at the wind instead of the sail. They're trying to control another person or a process or something. And no matter how angry we get, besides Mm -hmm. showing up a bit sloppy, we're still not (laughs) having any control over uh, that situation. And so that's like such a huge... Uh, lessons learned, not an easy one. Um, no. And yet, yeah. how does it feel being on the other side of that and noticing that you have an expectation or that you have a frustration and and given the growth that you've had, how does that change your experience of things that are out of your control? <laughs> um, it's actually funny. You bring up what you said about the, the grasping at the wind instead of the sail. That was me for a really long time. I was just like, what's going on? I'm spinning in this storm. And I, I'm like, Oh, I can't do anything about this. I'm like, no, you can do a lot of things about this. Um, and interesting yesterday, um, I had to come to terms with again, the, the fact that I have to sell my home of 25 years that they don't want to, but it makes the most financial sense. It's what I need to do. And I was having a very, very teary day for, you know, maybe a half an hour or so. And then I was like, you know what, do something. So I got up, I ordered the my box that's going to come so I can start packing my house. I called the professional organizer I've worked with. She's coming on May 1st. And um, I reached out to somebody else too. I just did a bunch of things that will help propel me forward. And I said, that is what I can control. That will give me a sense of control. I have to move. I don't want to, but I have to. I'm going to grab at the things that I can take care of that will make me feel calm in this crazy storm and that sail piece that, that was a beautiful analogy you just gave there because I was the wind crazy lady and now I've got oh I got a sail I can start doing this and that is powerful it really is yeah what a beautiful yeah. example and <laughs> something that's so timely and so exactly one could imagine in the past without that lesson and without that ability to shift to recalibrate mm-hmm. um mm-hmm that you could be spinning and be that hot Mm -hmm. mess for a while. And yet at the end of the day, you're still in the same position. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I I think there was times that it would have been hard on myself for feeling that emotional piece. And I was able to see the emotional, recognize it. Yeah, it's okay. It's your home of 25 years. It means a lot to you. It means a lot to how you raised your your daughters here, but I can let that go with a little bit more peace after I've let it come in and then I can let it back out. And um, that, that was a long time to get to that place for me. So I'm hearing that another area of growth is um, from self-condemnation to self-compassion, maybe. Oh, yes. So much. So, yes, I, you've raised things so beautifully all the time, but absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I was very I was probably my hardest critic. I've always been that way, I think. And that's come out that. I've always 
not notice that about myself, but I noticed that more. And um, through this process, felt like a failure, felt like, why did this fall apart? This is not how it was supposed to go. And putting a lot of that blame on myself um, and um, yeah, getting to that place of self-compassion that um, again, that took a while, but it's, it's a nice place to be. It still needs work. Yeah. Um, it's still always going to be a process, I think, but I'm so much further down the road than I was. And I think it's great for our listeners to hear too, that we're not bringing on like the perfect people post-divorce. It's just, we're all a work in progress until mm-hmm. we're six feet under, we'll be a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, and, and yet you're talking about, um, uh, shifting away from the need to control, shifting away from your perfectionism, shifting away from your self-condemnation. And mm-hmm. I, I, I always find that there's these like siblings, right? So we have perfectionism, we have control, we have self-judgment, and then often codependence, that overly caring for others and maybe even not even being on the list, like putting so much out for others, which can kind of swing around and be the root of resentment. Is that something that you had experienced? (laughs) You're in my head, yes, so much. Um, Yeah, and that is definitely a piece that I'm working on these days as well. I'm gonna give my dog a bone so she'll stop barking. Here, here, have this. I had it prepared so because I knew she would bark in the middle of all this, so I apologize. Um, Yes, so... um, yeah um you refresh me again one more time on that piece I had a thought and then the dog pulled it out of my head yeah so we were talking about that um those various siblings and the last one being the codependence the caretaking which is like to an unhealthy level where we take care of others and not take care of ourselves exactly and I thought during the marriage that I did take care of myself. I've always had, I was home, a stay-at-home mom. So I had a lot of flexibility in my day. So I always made sure I made time for my running and my exercising, which are super important to me. Um, but then I didn't realize how much I did this. If something came up with the family or the kids, I would drop my stuff to go do it. So, I, But I always felt like, oh, I give time to myself. I'm good. Um, through the last three years of separation, um, I'm tired a lot. I'm, I'm back working. I use my multiple jobs to keep things going, which I love all my jobs, but it's, it takes up a lot of my time. So, um, my exercise kind of went to the wayside because I'd come home from work after, you know, 10, 12 hour a day and say, oh, I'm too tired to go running. Um, and I've completely shifted that probably within the last couple of months, more so than all along this time frame. of this is your time. Your time is the most important. So I force myself out the door because it is my time. And I, I, I don't let that piece go away anymore saying, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I had all this other stuff I needed to do. And um, yeah, so I always thought I was doing that and I didn't realize how much I wasn't or how much I was giving away of my time. Um, and I still have issues with that. I have things I'll still drop for one of my daughters if they have something. I'm like, oh, right, I'll rearrange my schedule. And um, that's that's still a place that I'm working on, whether yeah. it's, you know, because I love my daughters and that's, you know, I'm here for them for whatever they need. I always will be. Um, but again, prioritizing myself in there. But um, my running and my exercise are probably the biggest places that I, I still have to say it out loud to myself. This is your time. Go outside and take your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels good. It feels good to have reclaimed that for myself. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's still a work in progress too. There are days I'm like, 
yeah, but your time is now you're going to sit on the couch tonight and chill. That's go. That's okay. <laughs> well, there you go. And that's, that's so perfectly put. So you, you have that balance going on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you first started talking, uh, Fiona, the other uh, big issue that you brought up was trust, that your trust had been broken. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes we, we find that when people are dealing with some type of betrayal, um, that there's also uh, a tendency to not trust yourself. Um, Like that listening (laughs) to that very soft, quiet, intuitive voice. And and so can you just share, because I know so many of our listeners are going to relate to this, what that whole journey was for you between Mm -hmm. broken trust with your spouse and also maybe broken trust with yourself. Again, you're in my head because that is that has been a big issue that I still work on. Um, I have an amazing therapist that I've been working on prior to separation, and I actually have a call with her later today. I, she is she is one of my other angels that's always there for me to give me that. Come on back down, you got this. Um, but that lack of trust in my own decision making was was really big. You know, I made this decision to marry this person based on a judgment of thinking we shared value, shared all of those pieces and that trust was as equally important to both of us. Um, so when that all fell apart, um, I, I think that piece of how did I make such a big decision that didn't turn out the way I expected at all. Um, and that's, that was hard. That was, you know, scary. So even small decisions, I would have a hard time with, um, when talking to my attorneys, you need to decide this or decide that. I'm like, I don't know. And I would just be frozen and and not knowing what to do, and what step to make. Um, I think in regaining that trust was, it was working on little things, just small things that I can make a decision on. Am I going to go running today? Am I not going to go running today? I'm going to make this for dinner and I'm going to make sure that's a priority. Just those small steps. And giving myself credit for those small steps. Um, I think a lot of those little things we do in life, we take for granted um, and just think it's how you go about life, but breaking those down into the small pieces, like, Hey, you did that today. Um, Some of that was on me. Eventually a lot of that came through others. Like again, my therapist kind of, Hey, I'm your cheerleader. Good job. You did that today. I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I did that. And um, acknowledging those little baby steps are super important. Absolutely. Um, one of my first things I started again, probably maybe a month or two before separation um, was a gratitude journal. And at that time I felt like I, I was like, what do I have to be grateful for? My life's falling apart. I, where am I going? And um, I said to myself, I'm going to write a gratitude journal and I had a little rules to myself. And I said, I have to write 10 things that I'm grateful for every day. And if I have something I'm grateful for, that's not something I like in my life, I put a little star with a heart around it <laughs> to say, you know, you were grateful for something that's not fun in your life. And those first couple of weeks, it was like the sun's outside. There's a bird singing. It was just so basic. Um, and I look back at those days and they, when I read back on those pages, they're so simple and so basic, but they are the parts that grew me into that place where I could see the gratitude, see the baby steps, see myself being confident and being able to trust myself again. And those, that's where I've come wow. a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God, that's beautiful.
Calming the chaos of divorce begins with quieting your mind and getting clear on what you want and how to get it. That's why we created the Divorce Survival Kit. It's an easy to digest guide with five essential tips that help transform your suffering into valuable insights and your confusion into effective action. So go to DivorceRecoveryLifeline.com and grab your Divorce Survival Kit today. So it was fairly early on when you reached out to Journey Beyond. Can you talk a little bit about the your experience with the coaching and the role that that mm-hmm. played for you in in your process? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I may have reached out to you probably within that first week. I think that was that week where I was like, what did I just do? I've jumped off a cliff and I don't know how to do anything. I can't fly. I don't know where I'm landing. And it was just really scary. So I think I found Journey Beyond Divorce through a Google search, um, reached out, had my consultation call with you. Um, In that hour, I think I just spilled my guts. I'm like, I don't even know this person, but I feel really connected in a way that feels safe to share my story. Um, I felt very heard and very seen in telling you that story. Um, And I left that first call with you sending me notes of what we talked about and some of the baby steps that I was going to do that that week. Um, And that was really um, reassuring and calming and outside of me. I'm like, I don't have to think this is what Karen told me to do. So this is what I'm going to do. And um, those were the steps that started moving me forward. Um, Throughout the process and working with you, um, the calls that we had were always along that way, just hearing what was going on, being supportive and understanding, um, but then giving me guidance of how to propel forward. And again, get me out of that. I don't know what to do. This is just awful. And I'm floating around to here's what you can do. This is a control step you can have. And I think that helped me to, again, big part of me regaining my trust and confidence in myself was, oh, I did those baby steps. And that's, that was my checklist. And I got it done. And I feel better. Like I feel better doing that. And next step, next step. Um, You guys were helpful in helping me get um, an attorney in place and doing all of that. the practice. Those questions of, I don't know where to start. It's, I think the divorce process, the court system for the divorce process is just a very messed up system. <laughs> it is not easy to navigate. It's not really um, anything that's supportive of, especially stay-at-home moms. I think it's just a, it's a tough um, place to navigate. So having someone um, like you, Karen, that can give you confidence that you are making the right steps or maybe give you some guidance on what's a better step to take. Um, It was really helpful. Um, Got to a point at one time where I was having a really hard time communicating with my attorney. Um, I felt like wasn't heard by her. I felt there were times she didn't really care what I was thinking and I'm the paying client. So it was frustrating on that end. Um, So having you come on to a couple of calls with my attorney, um, teaching me how to be able to, speak to her in a more direct manner. Um, it's completely changed our relationship as well. I feel like we communicate better. I think we are on point. We're not kind of both coming from different places. Her thinking I'm probably a pain in the butt client and I'm thinking, why doesn't she listen to me? We, we communicate better now. So, um, that was, that was huge because that's a lot of money that you're spending out there and you want to know your attorney's on your side. So, um, I've definitely come to that place and that was, that was probably, um, 
the biggest turning point in how I've I've gone maybe the last year or so of of still in this long process. But um, yeah, so so many ways that you've helped. <laughs> yeah, you know that last one that you're talking about. You know, it's not something we always do, but I've certainly done it numerous times. And um, what I remember hearing was another relationship with broken trust. Mm-hmm. And such an important relationship. And mm-hmm. so um, when we were all on the call together, uh, I often act as an interpreter, right? Because, mm-hmm. because attorneys are just people too. So sometimes they can be reactive. And sometimes it's just a matter of saying, well, wait a second. I think what Fiona is trying to say is, or what Fiona is saying is, is that right, Fiona? And then I remember rather quickly um, a bridge being built. And I remember your attorney actually feeling fairly untrusting when I first came on the call. Right. Like, who are you and what are you going to tell me? (laughs) And of course, we're never there to tell anybody anything, but rather to just create that openness for possibility. And that's wonderful to hear because she was, she was, she was very much on your side and there were just some edges that sounded like on both sides that needed to be smoothed a little bit. Exactly. So it's, it's helped our communication, which again, it streamlines. It's $500 an hour. So I don't want to be losing time when I'm on those calls. So for sure. (laughs) absolutely. And you know, I just, I just kind of want to speak to something you said about our calls, because oftentimes a client will say, you know, you told me, you helped me, you guide me. But the truth is, um, we always created those action steps together. And it was often hearing you and helping you get really clear on what you needed those steps to be, as opposed to getting on the phone and me as the coach saying, okay, do A, B, C, D, and E. It was more like, Mm -hmm. where are you stuck? And what do you need? And what's your Mm -hmm. fear? And um, what do you want to accomplish? And what's the baby step? And so you, and I'm saying this both to you and to everybody listening, Mm -hmm. um, you, the listener, you, Fiona, always have all the answers and and what we're doing really in that coaching position is uh, poking around peeling back the mm-hmm. onion and figuring out where's the obstacle what's the fear what's the goal um, and how do you begin to get there and and uh, and what would you say the impact of going through those sessions like post session what did that do for you post-session for all of the sessions or particularly around that one each time you got out of a session and you had the clarity and the action plan what did that what impact did that have on you um again I think that was that those moments of get out of the fog you are clear again it was a clarity of these are steps you can take today and I always made sure to, to do those steps then, because if I let them linger for a couple of days, that feeling that kind of got me fired up to do something would fade out. So I mm. learned quickly that if I need to take these steps again, like yesterday, I was upset and did those things quickly. Um, I think that's finally translated to how I manage when I'm feeling that overwhelm or that fog or that stress. Um, so coming off those calls, knowing I had some steps in place, knowing that it was something I could do. We, we discussed it together as a team to figure out what I wanted to do 
you gave it to me in writing what I should be doing or that was the plan do it I said I could sit here and be like poor me this is awful I hate this why is this happening to me or I can go somewhere else and have a different story of here's my new life here's where I'm going this is how I get there and um, that took me a while to get to as well and that's that's grown every time from your sessions that's now goes to other things and how I interact with other steps towards moving forward in my new life and um yeah so that was it was probably the first breakthrough to get that confidence back in myself that fog is gone you're clear do something about it um and and and, i always feel better after doing that (laughs) and what i'm hearing is that you know everybody listening like we all have our own way and so for you what i'm hearing is that that your level of conscious awareness raised too that for you actually um, getting to it was the key. So the, the, the coaching session was great, The having the action plan was great. Clickety click, getting right on it was for you really important. And that's one of the beautiful things about coaching is, you know, especially when marriages are falling apart and even if you're going through divorce all by yourself without that added support, uh, you tend not to pay attention to what you're doing because everything outside is so busy and chaotic. And yet this opportunity to go, oh, I've learned something about myself. I know I need to listen to my intuition. I know I need to trust myself. I know Mm -hmm. I I need to get right on my action steps so I don't slip into something. So what's beautiful is when we learn who we are and what we need, we never forget it. Um, Right. Uh, it's it's there. It's like this this new clarity and awareness is now your new way of being as you go forward. Mm-hmm. And and so you are on the cusp of finishing, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're selling your house. So there's going to be a new home, a new neighborhood, a new chapter. And you're I hear that you've got a lot of. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, skills and and tools that you're bringing along with you. Absolutely. Yeah. That was uh, a hard piece of letting go of my house. I'm like, I'm not my house. I am so much more than my house. And my house is homey because of all the things that I've done to make it a home for my family. And I will do that with my girls in my new home. So um, yeah, that's, that's the piece of letting go of things that I think are me that are not me. I, I am me. And that's, that's again, another powerful thought that gets me through the day. And um, yeah, one of the things I, I think about a lot was I was always very organized and very on top of um, keeping up with things and, and doing the things that I'm now doing. And it's, it's come back to me. And it's again, that confidence has come back that you've done this before. This is, you're, you're good at this. It's part of my perfectionism. But without that piece where I felt that I needed um, to cut myself slack. So um, I cut myself slack in that perfectionism. I let it go. So now my dog is going to howl because the phone's ringing. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, no worries. <laughs> That's very cute. So, you know, what a piece of my story that I don't know if I've ever told is around uh, my house. So I lived in... Uh, I lived on a double dead end street and we had this beautiful English tutor, finished basement, finished attic, fireplace, in-ground pool in the backyard. Like everyone came to our house. We really had yep. a lo- lovely home. And yep. um, and we had major financial 
challenges, which was part of what led to my divorce. And I loved the house and that decision that if I stay here, it's, it's going to take me down. It's going to be an anchor around my neck. And I thought, like, can I, can I rent out the basement and all of these things? And at the end of the day, he kept the house um, and I left and I got this little carriage house. My children prefer to call it a barn. Um, I think carriage house <laughs> seems so much nicer. And it's this bitty little house, three, three floors, but itty bitty with a tiny little yard. And, um, and I remember the level of peace and excitement I had starting mm -hmm. anew. And then because that was my new way of being and I was all like you, I was this chaotic, controlling, raging mess when I started, I would say for all the years that I lived there, people would walk through the front door. I'd see clients in person, clients who had a whole lot more money than me, like who lived in big, gorgeous homes. And, and the comment was always the same, which is, there is, this is so quaint and there's so much peace. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the word. It was like, this is so peaceful and comforting. And I feel at home right away. And that's what I wanted. And so both to acknowledge what you're saying, it's like who we are, it's just a building. And then you go in and you create what it is for you and you make it a home. And mm -hmm. Honestly, I mean, my my ex still has the house and it it's just there's no there's never been any pining after it because right. um, because what I had was actually mine and mm -hmm. and felt like what I wanted it to feel like. So right. so I yep. wish for you the very same thing that you find your little piece of heaven in your next place and you make it what you want it to be. And it makes sense after all those years that you would have a lot of emotion around leaving this home. Right. But yep. once you empty it, it's just. Yeah. Like Starting that process. And I appreciate house. you sharing that story again. And I love uh, one of the bigger things that I've taken from, from this journey as well is listening to people and their stories, particularly ones who have gone through similar stories. And I know ours are a lot of similarities. Um, and seeing people come to the other side of that and being willing to share that part of their life as an encouragement. And um, this is going to make me this is probably the most cheery part right now is, is seeing people do really well outside of this. Um, it's so wonderful. It's so hopeful. It's so, it's so giving and, and compassionate of the person giving. So thank you. Um, but it's also just, it's amazing to receive that from someone because there are days that I'm like, Oh, where do I go? The market's crazy right now. I don't know what I'm going to find on the other side of selling. It'll sell easily, but it's it's seeing other people and and that place of peacefulness. I know I will find that as well. Again, from from you people who've gone before me that share that piece. So, um, yeah, I, I really do appreciate that. And I, I um, you know, the, our house was the same. It was always the house that people were at. We had the pool in the backyard. The kids were always over. And it's not been that way for, again, probably close to a decade as the marriage is falling apart, less people came over. And it's it's not that feeling anymore to the, to the house. Um, it's not that home feeling anymore. So I, I'm looking forward and I'm with excitement, a little trepidation still with what's out there, but of creating that new peaceful place that is the place I'll have my, my daughters and my family and my friends come share with me, so. 
that's well, mine. That that's going to be my place that I am going to take care of. Yeah. Perfect. And, <laughs> and on that note, two things, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to pay it forward and share any last words of encouragement that you want with our listeners. And we're about to start another series, which is Life After Divorce. And the first three <laughs> sessions, the first three episodes are about um, that complete healing, that manifesting exactly what you want, and mm -hmm. a beautiful one on just the genius in all of the emotions that we have, both the ones mm -hmm. that are difficult and the good ones. Yep. And so I think that the two on manifesting are going to be really um, just spot on for you and others who are at that tail end of their divorce. Right. Excellent timing. <laughs> so thank you so much um, for uh, spending this time and sharing. What last words of wisdom do you have for our listeners? Anything that you want to share with I wrote down a few things because there were things that um, it took me a long time to get to. And I just will give you my bullet points quickly is trust, trust your intuition and be kind to yourself. Um, find resources that support you, your friends, your family, even professionals ask for help. I was never someone who liked to ask for help. And once I started doing that, that helped me start moving forward. Um, don't waste time looking for justice or truth from the ex. They were not truthful in your marriage. They're not going to be truthful in this divorce process. And I wasted a lot of time and money on that process. Um, making self-care a priority. And my motto that I go to every day when I'm feeling way out of control, scared of what's coming, I say to myself, faith, not fear. Faith and fear, both the same. Faith is believing in the unknown. Fear is you know, looking at the unknown. And I like to go to that faith place there, but both of them are unknowns. It's such a positive feeling to go to that faith place. Mm. So um, those are things that looking back, I wish I had embraced earlier. So hopefully that will help someone to, yeah. to see that earlier in their journey. So I love that. Thank you so much <laughs> for that. Fiona, uh, delightful working with you, delightful sitting here and just hearing your journey and your growth. And again, I thank you so much for sharing your story and your time. I know it's going to help so many who are in the early stages. So um, deep gratitude. Thank you so much. Deep gratitude to you. And I don't know that I'd be where I am now without your guidance and help and your support and your friendship. So um, thank you very much. And I appreciate you letting me share a little piece. And again, if it helps someone, I would be honored to be able to have helped somebody in that place. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> thank and, you. And stay tuned for our next episode of Voices of Celebration. We'll be back soon. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one -on -one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.